What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have Kim with us. Hi, Kim. Hi. So, tell us a little bit, because I'm super curious. We know each other for... A while now and you do some one-on-one work with some clients I know a few of them so I'm just really curious what type of stuff that you dig into with them you know uh, what we found in this podcast is mindset and the mental side of things seems to be a way bigger chunk of health and wellness and being happy than most people think and that's kind of like how we've connected and I really think is going to be exciting to kind of talk about and dig into and go off on probably multiple rants. But yeah, I'm just really curious what you kind of dig into um, with some of your clients and, and how that's structured. Maybe just tell people how they can, you know, how that happens. Well, I want to start with a question. You know, I don't like this question. <laughs> the question I like is sure, to can... start with, yes. I've learned from people I've coached with and really good friends of mine is... Okay. What do you want to be acknowledged for? Do you want me to answer that? I will answer that. You want to answer that? And I think you should answer it. Oh, okay, sure. We both can. Okay, so why don't you go first? What do you want to be acknowledged for? I want to be acknowledged for being here. Okay. And for getting into a regular routine of working out after coming off of an injury. Okay. But for being here, it's really because it's funny to me sitting here, like I said to you before we turn this on record how strange it is to sit here and have a conversation with you like this Mm -hmm. when most of our conversations and we had go down rabbit holes as it relates to you treating me or training me. So this feels a little nerve wracking for me actually. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can make it a little bit more comfortable. Yes. Yes. Just, just us two having a conversation, which we've had at length quite a few Mm-hmm. Different kinds of conversation. What do I want to be acknowledged for? Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's so many things. I would think for honestly, the past two to three weeks, I have finally gotten what I think is a regular scheduled routine and cadence that's specifically catered for myself how to get 100%, 100%, as close to 100% as things I can get right now, like output and performance. It's probably taken me three years to get to this point, but I finally think I've hit a sweet spot. Balance is a tricky word, but um, again, where I think I, I can put out the most amount of work in the least amount of time and effort, if that makes some kind of sense there. So you're talking performance, you're talking about how you're showing up to your job. Yeah, everything, honestly. Everything. Yeah, okay. so my family, my own health and wellness, like when it comes to nutrition and like working out, yes, my... Um, job and then even just like socially which yeah. is probably the least the one that I spend the least amount of time out of everything but still I'm trying to schedule a lot of time for those types of things too because that's important right we're social yeah. animals yeah so I hear that and all I want to do is go maybe I should start interviewing you about the steps and all the things that it took to get you let's do it we can do whatever we want that's the great part <laughs> to me so how about before we, I mean, we can go into that, but I'm really curious. Um, and you kind of just said you were coming back from injury. Maybe tell us a little bit about what your injury was, you know, and then, you know, we work together. So I know where you are at now, but give us, and I'm really curious your thoughts. Honestly, we've never had a candid conversation about that, where you feel like you are right now compared to where you were. I feel like I am a woman in transition as it relates to healing from an injury, a back injury. And it's always hilarious to me when people ask me like, well, how did you get injured? Because I just, I bent over. That's it. That was it. 
Well, and then you know the process. I went and thought I was better and made it worse, as super women will do sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I'm in transition, in progress. Right. In healing. Where? I pass healing, I'd say. I think I'm just in transition. And even to like go further back, because again, I know your story a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but didn't we go through some even health issues before where you were basically, you were running a lot more at some point. Yeah, so a year before that, I had a major kidney infection in my left kidney. And at that point, my running and working out and everything went to nothing. And then when I started back up again, my mother went into the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I was flying back and forth from Dallas, or back and forth from Charleston to Dallas from January till like May of 2018. Travel can crush you. And a sick, dying mom who is now okay. Who just did what? Got first place in yeah. a 5K. It was amazing yeah, for her is, age group. That's super amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So kidney infection, some life kind of transitions. We've had this back injury. Maybe take us through a little bit of, if you can, sometimes I feel like injuries, if I look back at them, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know how I got through it. But what are some of the things that you think got you through that injury, which I think was quite miraculous, you know, because you went from basically being unable to move quite a bit and like mm-hmm. was recommended by certain people to go basically on bed rest. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to the point where we're, we've deadlifted and squatted close to 100 pounds, mm-hmm. our running kind of couch 5K program. So On week seven. Yeah, yeah. And I'm fascinated by your mindset. I just think that you have a very positive mindset. I think you look at things in a unique way. And so our audience of one or two or whoever many, <laughs> right, I think could benefit from kind of understanding how like, you know, how you got through that kind of one day at a time. Because day one was tough and we got somewhere. And like you said, we had a huge setback, but then jumped right back on it. And mm-hmm. we're able to do these things really with minimal which I am biased towards non-pharmaceutical or surgical or right interventions, which is yeah. amazing. I mean, it was ibuprofen at times and right. Tylenol and a steroid pack right. to get me through the bad part, the worst part of it. Right. Um, hmm. Someone recently asked me about the injury and the way I described it to them was probably in most recent memory, one of the most painful things I've ever gone through and the most exhilarating. And what was exhilarating about it is who I got to see myself being throughout the whole process. And I would attribute a lot of that to you. And I had an amazing support system at home. But it wasn't, the pain didn't start to subside until I started to relax into it and accept that this was happening. Can I cuss on here? Mm -hmm. Because that wants to come out. Yep. Um, Just, yeah, let it, let it fly. I try to be good on the podcast if I can. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. So I don't know if I like. There's positive mindset. You can we can talk about mindset, and mm-hmm. I don't really look at things as mindset. I look at it, and through the coaching that I've been through myself and my life, and how I work with people, is you can look at a way of being. And a way of being isn't something you can tangibly reach out and touch or define, or and then I'm going to attempt to define what mine was through the whole process. It's just, I would say, your unconscious guiding you through your life. And you can see it and observe it in retrospect and hopefully make changes for the future. But one thing I've always known is just a fundamental core belief in who I think, what I think my way of being is, is I believe I have an immense wellspring of strength within me. So my husband Mark would always say I have a high pain tolerance. So there's that, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of how I move through life. It's normal for me. And I think that that's partly what took me through the whole process. I remember laying on your table, which this microphone is laying on right now. <laughs> and you, I would say to you, I remember saying things to you like, I'm not here uh, for you to fix me. I'm really here for you to remind my mind that my body can move in the way that it used to be able to move. 
And we're talking, I could barely touch my knees at that time when I would bend over. And right. now I can go way past my toes again. So it's just a matter, for me, it was a matter of accepting what was and knowing strongly that I did not want to have surgery, I did not want to have steroid injections, and a fundamental belief that the body heals emotionally and it heals physically in every way. We just have to have patience and that I could find a deeper message in the whole injury. I love that because what I think a lot of people don't have, unfortunately, and, it, and we contribute it to probably a thousand different things, is they don't have that patience and they don't have that state of being where they may feel like they're strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they tend to fall into and and they're getting information and they're probably think they're doing the right thing maybe from other healthcare professionals where they think they need this intervention and they may not right like what percentage of people could go through the same thing you did and actually come out the other side where you are i would argue a huge percentage i would argue a huge percentage too but you know my husband and his he had he went through something similar ish but it became a chronic pain situation and he healed it through the mind really and looked at it he worked he read a book by a guy dr sarno who i still haven't finished this book but he also worked in the spine industry so he designs the devices they would put in someone like me or someone with a back injury and always knew you never wanted to have that type of surgery and what happens and through his work he saw and was able to share with me that doctors would go to Africa and they would see people that would come and walk hundreds of miles to come and be treated by them and there would be a person where I wish this was a visual where their spine would be almost like there was really a break in it and the it didn't line up from the top of the spine down mm-hmm. to the bottom of the spine yet this person has zero pain back pain is a very American thing so in America, if you see spines like this, you would operate on it, but they specifically said, told this guy, we, we don't want to do anything for you. You have no pain. If we do something, it healed in whatever way it needed to heal, and he was able to move on and live his life. Yeah, uh, this is a great rabbit hole to go down because at its core, and honestly, purely human anatomy, like, Pain is 100% in your brain. Yes. Like we just have to like, people have to go ahead and just understand that. Like first and foremost, like that is a fundamental. Just accept that and it doesn't mean that you don't have pain. Right. Like I had immense pain. Yet I really, I accept that it resided up here. Right, right. And just people, like I use this uh, quite a bit, this analogy for people is Usain Bolt had scoliosis, a lot of people picture scoliosis, mm-hmm. they look at somebody with scoliosis, like, oh man, mm-hmm. that person has to be in a ton of back pain. Mm-hmm. But this is somebody who's won Olympic gold medals, right? And the running the 100 meter dash, I think, mm-hmm. and has scoliosis and, and, you know, I guess I don't know him personally, but more than likely probably doesn't have a lot of pain that's limiting him. So as soon as we can understand, which what you just talked about, which is beyond important, is that we can have something that to us, looks like biologically they should have pain and they don't, Mm -hmm. as soon as we can understand that that's possible, I think that's really the first step into getting to, as you described it, a state of being where we can get, feel like we're strong and feel like our bodies are strong. I mean, it's what we talk about all the time. And I, so funny story. Uh, We had a golf workshop here last week and it was all about swing mechanics. And it was about like, we had a fitness trainer and everything. And, you know, I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about. And they talk, covered all the golf specific stuff. So you know what I decided to talk about? And it's probably what I talk about more than anything is the, and people in this, whoever listen to this understand this, is how resilient the body is, how it adapts to stress in a positive way, how you can have these injuries, whether it's a bone spur somebody asked me about, or a disc herniation, or arthritis, and you can have these things which us as Americans decided that that is going to be painful, and you can decide that's gonna be painful, but you can also decide it's not going to be painful, and you can work yourself through it, and your body can get through that. And I think that, well, and there's, that's a tough distinction for me when you say you can decide it's not going to be painful. I think 
what really occurs for me that, and you said it earlier, I don't remember what it was, this guy, maybe he doesn't have as much pain, you're saying Bolt? You're saying Bolt, yep. I don't think it's that he doesn't have pain, it's he has a different relationship with pain. And that relationship to me is like, that, that language of relationship, you can have a relationship with pain. And we, I believe strongly in the United States, I don't know about other countries, that we have a really dysfunctional relationship with it, as if it doesn't serve a purpose. Pain and suffering can serve a purpose and we, you can move on from it. You don't have to sit in it and be with it forever, but you can learn what you need to learn from it and then let it go. Oh, now we're going on rabbit hole. Why and do you that think- to me is different. Like it's not a battle I have with the pain in my back. Yep. It's, I can let this go because it served me and I'm going to use what I've learned here to grow as a human being. Why do you think we have that kind of relationship with pain? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. How about this then? How do you think somebody who has pain can help facilitate the relationship that you just talked about out of one? Do you have an idea? I mean, I, I can always throw out ideas, but you know, like I think it, it's, it takes a long time to get to that point, I feel like. You know, like I'm always, I'm always thinking about it, right? I try to, I think if I can educate them, I can empower them and give them some control over the pain, like letting them know that they can move. Mm -hmm. That helps them transition out. But what you're talking about, again, I keep using this word because I just like it, um, a state of being. Like my goal is to get to that person to a state of being where like forever they can understand how strong they are and move on from almost any injury. Like that's my goal in life. Every time I see somebody, if I can get to them to that point, I've won over I can die a happy man, right? So I'm constantly, honestly, somewhat obsessed of understanding how to get one person from there to this other side. And I understand that it's different for everybody, but the more I can learn and more I can create rules or guidances or principles based off that, I get super excited and want to learn more. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean... Yeah, and what I heard in your language, you use the word how. How do I do this? How do I create this for this person? And that's my goal. So I would say the place to start is what is their goal? Okay. And then I believe that the quickest way to growth towards a goal is pure acceptance of where you are right now. And I mean that in every domain you can think of physically emotionally just everything spiritually and then only once you accept this space that you're in can you grow towards the goal that you want so I see my job and what I do is to help facilitate an access to acceptance in the now And that is the work that I do every day for me. It's a big challenge, I think. Getting people to just accept their kind of status quo and be like, all right, you know, we talk about presence a lot and I say, you know, try to be as present as possible and we can dig into that as well. But, you know, I think that's really challenging just being like, you know, for people, I see it all the time. I mean, we've had a lot of people that I've had to, frankly, in other jobs have had to fire. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that I've realized is that person does not accept kind of like their present. Their, what's the word you just used? They're like... They're the space that they're in right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. They just can't like kind of accept that. And, and I try to get them to accept that, but they can't. So then I understand that I can't help them anymore. And then we have to kind of move on sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like that's a big challenge as I see it a lot. Like somebody like, maybe they have an anger issue, right? And just like getting them to accept that they have an anger issue, you know, is... See, is, right. But you're still talking about getting them to accept. You're talking about like, you just have to accept. For me, yeah. this is, here's the distinction. I have to accept that they are there first. Like, that's my first job. Sure. After that, there's nothing more for me to do other than be with that person. Okay. So I would say, like, my number one skill in my job is that I can be with someone wherever they are. I can sit in someone's pain with them Mm -hmm. without trying to fix it. And that will help them get to the next step just by having... 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I believe the best thing that someone can do for themselves is really, truly learn to love themselves. That would be hard to argue otherwise. And I don't think most people do. Right. And I know I see other times, oh, there it is again. Me being unkind to me. And when I'm unkind to me, I'm unkind to my husband, I'm unkind to my clients, mm-hmm. I'm unkind to my children, I'm unkind to my cl- to, I said clients, sorry, to everyone around me. Mm-hmm. So the more work and the more, like if I can see it that way, and I truly love these people around me and want them to know how much I love them and accept them, then I have to do the work here first. And doing that work, then I'm able to create someone who sees themselves as love and power and a leader in their own life, and then they carry that on. Like, it's truly a ripple effect. Sounds like such an... Maybe it doesn't. To me, it sounds like almost like an easy thing to do. It's like, just kind of let go, sit kind of where you're at, and yeah love yourself and love your situation and just and then you can just move on right and so it is actually easy the hard part is that it requires effort and that yeah like it's easy to move weight up and down and do a squat but the more you put on it the more effort it requires so it just depends on how much do you want to move how fit do you want to become yeah and how willing are you to go and do it yeah, I'm letting that soak in. So, oh man. so how would someone, the how again, right? I almost can't, <laughs> look, I'm afraid to use it now, you know? But let's just picture this. Someone sitting, listening to this, and, you know, maybe they've become aware just now of kind of their current status. Or, or how does one, like... I think it's almost difficult to become that introspective for a lot of people. I, well, so you know? the way people usually come to, I think, any type of coaching relationship is they are in, and it's the same for you, It was I came to you because I was in pain. Yep. And I didn't want to be in pain anymore. Mm-hmm. And I did not know how to not be in pain. Okay. So that's the same thing. People come to me for one of two reasons. Either they are in so much pain and they see a relationship a coaching relationship with me is going to help them get out of that pain or they see a coaching relationship is going to help them evolve to like a next level and it really it's usually pain is that what is going to drive someone to create that kind of relationship okay so much pain and they have no idea what to do so they've taken that first step they've realized that they're in pain or that they want to take it they want to take a next step in their life or their performance or whatever and what I'm curious, what happens next? Somebody reaches out to you, and then, then is that then the point where you talk about you just you learn, maybe learn more about them, are able to then sit with them in their pain, right? And then, yeah, I would love to say it's this like, oh, it's this cookie cutter thing. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I get that it's not. Yeah, we create a relationship, yep. a really committed, or I would rather call it like a devoted relationship. Uh, that becomes really intimate and we talk a lot and then create action as Mm -hmm. to what that can look like in their life and the action could really look like all right when you notice yourself yelling at your kid today or getting mad at a client today or an employee see what's happening inside of you like just notice it without judging it and without blaming them Notice this thing that's going on inside for you, and then we'll come back and we'll do work around that. Yeah, I think it's like sorry. Go ahead. I think it's incredibly powerful what you just said, like incredibly powerful. I don't think people do that enough, and in my opinion, this is where health, in all regards—physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, whatever. And you, you, I mean, I'm just repeating, probably I'm repeating, I think, what you said. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, you have to kind of accept that status. Like, without that, it's going to be really difficult to become healthy. 
Like, that's kind of why I wanted to chat with you. Because I think... And people don't talk about it. People don't... Like, they're almost afraid to talk about it. Because it's one of the most... I, from what I've seen, one of the most difficult transitions for people to make. Because most people are so obsessed with the how that they kind of forget that this is the first step that you need to take. Yeah. Before I, anything else happens. Yeah. So what occurred to me when you said that was when my daughters, my youngest was three months old... My oldest was two and a half years old. My husband had, we were living in New Jersey. I had a career with Johnson and Johnson. And we, he had an opportunity for a position that would really further his career in Dallas, Texas. We picked up and moved because I was adamant I was not going to move and switch doctors after our second child was born. So I left my job, I left my friends, and I moved into a house because everything's bigger in Texas. We had a small little home in New Jersey to this house. It was three times as big as our house in New Jersey, which felt enormous. And I had a three-month-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, and I did not know at the time that I was suffering from major postpartum anxiety. Like, the things I would do... It actually wasn't even... We moved three years later here to, to Charleston. I was talking to a friend who's a psychiatrist, and I remember saying to her something about what I used to do that was just super anxious I would I told her I'm like holy shit I was really batshit crazy and I didn't see it I thought everyone else around me was abnormal for not being as fearful as I was of just people breaking into my house all sorts of things that just really kept me locked up as a person and then Mark on my 37th birthday he'd been working with this coach slash therapist slash just amazing human being, he gifted me a session with him on my 37th birthday. And I just started working with this guy. And I would go, and I would sit on his couch, and I would just show up week after week. I don't know if it was weekly. It doesn't matter. But then I remember a moment happened where I started to feel life again. So I was totally asleep, and then there was this moment where it was like, life like slapped me upside the face, and told me I was missing it because I was so asleep. So I just kept working with him and from that relationship and from this opportunity of seeing that the things I were fighting, the things I was so fearful of, literally people rappelling down from my ceiling or my outside of my house and crashing into the windows, that's how they were gonna get us. Like Chuck Norris was style. Completely, <laughs> totally Chuck Norris style. Yeah. I would check the alarm to make sure it was locked. Uh, or to make sure it was on. I would check every door in the house numerous times a night. I would check every window to make sure all of the windows were locked. That's not going to stop Chuck Norris. It was just... No, I know. It's not. <laughs> right. I would lock myself in my room with my girls, with the German Shepherd. And crazy stuff now, and I wouldn't even call it crazy. It just felt really normal to me and the right thing to do in order to protect my children from all of these things that were going to come and get us from the outside. Not knowing that actually what I was doing... And through my work with Rick and the gift that Mark gave me, I finally started to see that those fears didn't live outside of me. They only existed in my brain. And we can say this and we can see it logically, when even as I'm talking to you about it, like I can just feel the freedom of that release of going, oh, I created all of that. And to see that on a regular basis and to want to see that on a regular basis, to me, is one of the most powerful things any human being can do to grow, to become better, to upgrade their lives, to have access to themselves, to see that it's never anything outside of you. Things happen to you, yes, but you get to be okay with your reaction to them at the same time. Yeah. I, I said a lot there. You said a lot. There's so much to, <laughs> to. I mean, the question that I had, and and maybe you just answered it. I'm not really. I'm curious. Um, is how did you get to the point where you started viewing things the way that you're viewing them now? Was it through that transition? Had you already been kind of having these conversations? Because not everybody views things the way you do. Obviously. No. Right? You have these conversations. Probably people are like look glazed over and like, uh, what are you talking about? I don't know. They'll say, I never think about things like that, Kim. Right. Right. You probably hear that a lot. So, you know, when did that start? Did that start with those conversations with Rick, you know, as you kind of, trans, you know, 
work through some of the anxiety and fear that you had? Or is that something that you'd already been doing for a while and had some ups I think and it, it started when I was born and through life experience. Like, that's when I started. I was an avid journaler as a preteen, early teenage girl. And I look back on my journal entries and that was just part of who I was. But to answer your question really directly, it came from a place of so much pain that I didn't even necessarily know I was in, but started to see that this was painful. This thing I was going through in my life called postpartum anxiety, having moved across the country, no support system, young children, being a mom, giving up your career. I didn't see that that created a lot of pain in me. When I started to see it through my work with Rick and started to feel again on the other side of what life could feel like, that was it. So I think if you're looking for a how-to, it's that someone has to come to a point where they see that they're actually in pain. And pain could look like they lash out in anger. Pain could be, I can't get out of bed. Pain could be, I just don't feel anything as I move about my day. Mm-hmm. I think- it afflicts everyone all the time. It doesn't matter, socioeconomic, color of skin, male, woman, it's all over the place. I compl- yeah, I agree. Um, Which to me is no different from what you do. Someone brings pain. Someone in pain is usually the reason they're here. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's... You totally get my brain going like a thousand different ways. So there's two, two things, and I try not to put labels on things, but I've been listening to a podcast and, and the guy. There's some similarities there. Um, and I always try to give people actionable stuff or like principles to guide them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one is to kind of disconnect, and mm-hmm. you can correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but like kind of almost disconnect, like you kind of disconnected from, I have fear of anxiety, you disconnected from that present moment and kind of looked at things and said, I'm in pain, like things need to change, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just in it and they don't I mean I hear this a lot honestly is they don't even know once they feel good they always talk to me and say oh my god I had no idea how bad I was actually feeling at the time till I knew what it was like to actually feel good and that could be nutrition that could be health that could be more of the mental emotional side of things which is like it's the really cool thing about the body is that we can just continue to move on and drudge on and keep going despite a lot of pain which is good but in some cases I mean, I'm, again, it's not a label good or bad because in, in what you're talking about, it's a, what something is inherently painful and bad. There's a lot of good that comes out of it because without that pain, we wouldn't even have something that's good, right? And we even understand that how good you can feel because this is bad. You know, now we're going crazy existential stuff, but it's, but I just, you know, I want to create awareness behind that stuff. I want people to have these conversations with their friends, with themselves or whatever, because these are important conversations to have and people don't have them, you know, but you always are stuck in like, oh, I need to get my macros in right. Or I need to work out six times a day and I need to, you know, stretch and that's what I'll get to feel better. It's like, cool, you can do all those things and you may feel better, but if you don't actually take a step back disconnect and understand while we're having this pain, then um, I, I truly feel we're not, we're not doing the right thing. We're not doing it almost for nothing. But that's an extreme. I understand that. But mm-hmm. it's an important conversation to have. So I'm excited. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if you have No, more. I was just fascinated by what you said when you said people will, because this applies, I think, to so many situations outside of, okay, well, if I eat my macros right, am I saying this correctly? Yeah. If I do all of this then I'm going to feel better. And I would like to ask people and open them up to the possibility that you could feel better right now rather than waiting to feel better in the future. Because that's a habit I know that I get into. Well, once this happens, then I'll feel better. Once my house is clean, then I'll feel better. Once I have clients paying this amount in a full schedule, then I'll feel better. Or once I live in this neighborhood, I'll feel better. Or you can just feel better. Or you can just feel better right then. And I love it. And I say it like, oh, this is so easy. And I sit here and I talk and I think, oh, who's going to listen to this? And maybe think, oh, she's... She doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah, this is hokey, whatever, yeah. Wow, I wonder what it must be like to be like that. 
And it doesn't, nothing that I'm saying comes from the space of like that I have it all together. I just take time to look. And it looks like me asking a client, we have, and I was taught this, and I think it's one of the best tools that I've used so far where it's a relationship inventory. We ask, one of the actions that we'll do is, okay, at the end of this time, one of the agreements that we'll create is that we're gonna look at what is working for you in our coaching relationship and what is not. And when you bring yourself to that, you bring yourself to that fully. You come prepared to say whatever is working and what is not working and not worrying about my feelings about it if it is something that may, you think may personally impact me. And then I do the same for them. What is working for you and what is not working for you? How many people actually take an inventory like that? I mean, they do. And I'm, I'm just saying, on yes. On a daily basis, people don't want to actually. Yeah. And I started this process. My husband Mark and I started this process, and we actually haven't done it in a while. And I remember the first time I asked him, he couldn't. I have no problem saying this is not working with him, but he wouldn't say anything. And it was really hard for me to sit there and hear him not say anything. So I walked away from that going, not that I'm, or thinking, not that I'm like, oh, he has nothing that's not working for him, but who have I been that has created this relationship where he can't even tell me, like have I created something where he's, my reaction to him actually telling me what's not working for him would have him not want to tell me. But this is something everyone can bring into all areas of their life. Yeah. To really look and evaluate what's working and not working. And we don't. We accept so much of just status quo of how things are. Yeah. That's something that, that's easily actionable, I think. Mm-hmm. And a great way for, I think, a lot of people to start. You know, you can get with your spouse or you can get with yourself. Or even just yourself. Yeah. I would start with self. Yeah. Here's, here's all the things in my life that I think are working for me. And here's a list of things that aren't working for me. Like, again, people do this with their business. People do this with their, like, nutrition. People do this with their tr- physical training. But how many people have actually done this when it comes to their... Emotional well-being? Yeah. yeah. I'd argue the least amount out of all four of those categories and would probably be probably the most beneficial. Like, very, really curious. Like, oh, do a pros pros and cons list. I'm obsessed with the pros and cons list. So, like, creating just an inventory and a list of things like that, you probably would learn so much just in that list. Yeah. You know? And that list would probably change in a year from now, and it'd be really cool to look back, you know, and be like, oh, man. Like, and how many things are you actually, hopefully, transitioning from things that aren't working to things that are working. Things that are working, Yeah. And, and, more time. See, and seeing how quickly you can, if you get into this practice of that, how quickly you can change the things that aren't working to things that are working. Either by releasing them or creating the actionable steps to change it to something that would work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a complaint list. Like I want to be clear about it. It's not this complaint list of what I don't like in the world or what I don't like about you or don't like about myself. It's what is not working for me. Yeah. This The second layer to, and it relates, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there's this other conversation we've had where anything can relate to anything, but that's a different <laughs> one. But uh, for me, it's just speaking to me personally is also the second layer of this is the kind of ownership layer, mm-hmm. which is kind of one of our core values at Made to Move. And, and it's ownership of like yourself. Like I have to take ownership that this is me. I have to take ownership that, that this is something that I need to get through, essentially not blaming anybody else or not blaming the situation or like, you know, you put another way of just like, uh, same thing, disconnecting and just kind of like looking at the status quo. And I think that's the second, like the second layer is you just have to, you have to own it. You have to kind of say like, these Who are things that under my, yeah. question Who am I in this situation? Yeah. And then you, yeah. Then you can, con- once you have those two layers, you can kind of take control of that situation and realize that you have the power to manipulate those things. Mm-hmm. To circle back what I said before, I, that's in a way what I've done over the past three years is kind of realize here's all the things that aren't working for me and created ways to transition to things that are working for me. Like yeah. create an, an environment or 
um, certain things that I know like where I can work really well and I enjoy my life and I want to do things and I keep transitioning and things keep creeping up. Again, I'm not saying I have everything together. I have a lot of things that are terrible, but trans like I'm consciously thinking like, okay, what, what, you know, what can I do better or how can I transition things from that one category to the next? And I think that's just a fascinating way to look at it. Mm-hmm. But it would start with, I'm going to go back to it. Do accepting it. right now. These, you can't do anything if that doesn't start. Yep. Of checking to see the what's working, what's not working has yep. to come from a place of curiosity. I don't want to say non-judgment because I don't believe there is such a thing as non-judgment, but real curiosity about, okay, let me take inventory of my life. Yeah, you got to want to do that first and foremost. Yeah. How many people don't? <laughs> Probably yeah, like, oh, scared don't. to do that. Probably scared to do that, I would yeah. argue. I've had people where we've had conversations, we've had, I've had clients where they don't want to have the conversation with their yeah. spouse or their boss. Yeah. Or I've seen that whoever. too. Because usually they're so buried sometimes, and this is how I feel, my judgment, is they're so buried to actually get them to do that would be so painful, they just can't do it. I mean, I know that they're, they're supposed to, but like, I could just see, I was like, man, if, if they accept this as what it is, they're going to have to change everything. And it just looks, it looks scary. Or not. Or to just accept it. Right. Yeah. Like, I can't change the people in my life. I can only accept who they are and love them for it. Right. Or I don't have to have them in my life. Right. And it doesn't mean I love everything about them. It doesn't mean there aren't things that annoy that aren't that don't doesn't mean there are I'm getting confused on how I should say that. There are definitely things that still yeah. annoy me about that person. I don't have to love every little thing. Mm-hmm. But I can truly accept who they are. Yeah. Move on from there. It's mm-hmm. good. I love it. We could probably talk about it all day, but I'm going to bring it back just for a second. So I never answered your yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, you talked about, I mean, now, I mean, for sure. I, mean, I picture in my head, okay. let's see if I can get it right based on the conversation. Okay. I picture somebody's in pain or wants to improve their quality of life. Mm-hmm. And then they can work with you in a one-on-one capacity, right? Mm-hmm. And through that, have an intimate relationship where you can kind of be with them and also help facilitate taking an inventory and then from there you can guide them by accepting who they are can guide them to hopefully take whatever next step they need to take like very simply is that fairly accurate i like it okay i do yeah okay the way i often say is lovely i've often worked with a lot of really high-powered women who happen to be mothers who happen to be married who either have their own business or uh, are in a high level in their businesses. And when we talk, we talk about how things, there's all these things and all these hats people talk about that they have to wear in their life that are pulling them all these different directions. And what we do together is figure out where they fit among all of these different responsibilities that they would see in their life. And I think that relates to men as well. It just happens that I've been working with women lately. I think it's a major challenge, and I love that we get to talk about it, and hopefully one or two people can take away from this that maybe they do need to take an inventory because that's where I, I truly think people need to to start. Other things can facilitate. Like I've definitely seen the physical aspect of things be the uh, get the flywheel rolling, so to speak, so they can finally start getting to this point. you know. But like I think everything almost leads to this center of like that is it's got to change you have to change first right we hear it it's cliche you have to love yourself first but like it's a cliche for a reason because it's true you know and it's very difficult to make true which people understand now these lifestyle changes without starting there first and it's been a theme in the podcast which is really cool Mm -hmm. you know i ask people like and i'm gonna ask you in just a minute is what their definition of health is and nobody Nobody has just sent said the you know Being vegan yeah right right is just this biological like oh I'm not sick 
Yeah. Nobody said that. And I haven't led them down. Maybe I've led them down the path. I have my own biases. <laughs> that's fine. Right? But um, no, everybody's expounded upon and said, like, happy or, like, community or just, like, you know, um, all the mental side of things is has been a huge common theme. And mm-hmm. so um, I just wanted to, and, and I... I'm glad we got it, um, is giving people an actionable thing to even just start with, which is, which is, I think is super Take cool. Take an inventory mm-hmm. of yourself and your yep. own life. Yep. That would be the place to start. Yeah. Yep. It's cool. All right. What, so what's your definition of a healthy person? I think I've said it probably a bunch of times. Do it again. I, I want to hear it a thousand times. acceptance of where you are in this moment. And being happy with that acceptance or just accepting it you don't have to be happy with it just accept it like you can just accept it's not because from there that's where growth occurs that's the fastest way to growth and mm-hmm. happiness and joy and all of the things so I would add to that there just has to be an open there doesn't have to be for me health the definition is an acceptance of where you are now and an openness yeah, curiosity you kind of talked about. I really like that. Yeah, openness yep. to possibility. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, you're almost developing your own philosophy in a way. Like, I, I hear hints of um, stoicism in there. Mm-hmm. I even hear hints of, like, some military-type things in there, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So it's just this interesting kind of mix of all these different... And, you know, I know you're not a big fan of labels, labeling things sometimes. And so I do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, all, right? I mean, but I still. I myself, I try to say to stop. Yeah. Right, right. But it's just, yeah, it's just super interesting. And I think it's super uh, beneficial. Are you ready for some Spitfire? Yeah, sure. Okay. What are you best at? Involving. Involving. Evolving. Evolving. Not yeah. involving, evolving. Evolving. I like it. I think I'm a, gro- a human on a growth path. I think actually we all are. Yep. So I think that's what I'm best at. What do you struggle with? What do you suck at? Mm. What's in your, uh... yeah, the other list? My other list. Like attachment to things needing to look a certain way. Okay. That's what I'm constantly working on. What is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? (laughs) Except. I like it. Back to it. All right, here's some fun ones. Okay. What's your walkout song? My walkout song? Yeah. What is that? You're about to walk out on stage. Everyone is dying to hear all about... You and your philosophy and your oh, coat, right? Or, yeah. What's your walkout song? I my, right now, I would say this is a Game of Thrones theme song. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah. That was a rough no, episode yesterday. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite cartoon? Present, past, as you were a child. You could say I don't like any cartoons. I can't remember a cartoon. Okay. But I know I watched them Saturday morning. Yeah. Or was it Sunday mornings? Saturday mornings. Was it Saturday morning oh, cartoons yeah. when we were kids? Do you remember any of them? I remember... Okay, sorry. And I never watched it, though. But the one that I'm remembering right now is Simpsons, because I was listening to your podcast with yeah. someone else. Oh, and, and they said... Symptoms. <laughs> that counts. Uh, last TV show you watched? Game of Thrones, such a good episode and terrible at the same time. It a lot was of, horrible. A lot of feelings, lots of feelings with yeah. that one. Yeah, can't I ruin it. I have my eyes covered with my hands. So did Amy. Out of it. Yeah, so, I, yeah. So did Amy. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. Yep. We'll see how. We only have one episode left, I one think. One episode left. I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. What's the last book you read? I am currently reading The Conscious Parent. Okay. And it really aligns for me. Interesting. We had a conversation with some business partners and we said that we read all these like, you know, marketing books and self-help books and business books, but we should probably read like a parenting book at some point. You know? Great. Yep. So, so I'm going to recommend that to the business partners. And then the other book I would, I would say that I finished was uh, A Cloudless Mind by Scott Bird. 
Okay. Good friend of mine. Yep. Previous coach of mine. Amazing. Cool. We can link to those in the show notes too. Yeah. Where can people find you? Say they want to get in touch with you. They're interested in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. How would one get in touch with Kim? Uh, probably the easiest way is to go on Instagram, which links directly to my website. Okay. Can you give us the Instagram? Instagram's, the handle is at Kim.Percival. Okay. Or my new favorite Instagram that I have. I have four Instagrams. Okay. Yeah, maybe just give them two. It's at... <laughs> Um, because this is my new obsession it's uh, ceramics it's at loosely gathered so you can actually see my thoughts as it relates to what I learned about myself um, as I evolve and grow in the field of ceramics love it and what about your website what's your website I have one at loosely gathered and it's Percival so I-T-S-P-E-R-C-I-D-A-L my last name Awesome. All right. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Honestly, that was. Yeah, we could talk about all the things. Interaction than I'm used to with you. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of this is mostly because I have to be more quiet because I'm counting and squatting. (laughs) It's my radio voice. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Charleston podcast. Don't forget, your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better healthcare and a healthier you is education and empowerment, and awareness. Acceptance. <laughs> Acceptance. That's right. I said already. Yep. That's why I write these things down. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Maybe even leave some comments if you want to find out more about us and our health and perform health and human performance clinic. So you can tell I don't edit. Uh, check out made to move pt.com. That's M-A-D-E, the number two move pt.com. Thanks so much. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.